How long do you expect to live? Is it even something that you spend any time thinking about? Well, perhaps it's time that you start because there are a whole host of different technologies that are all exploding at the moment, which have the potential to significantly increase not just human lifespan, but also our health span to ensure that we live significantly longer and much healthier lives. Technologies like nanorobotics, AI, brain computer interfaces, and all sorts of others are really starting to explode in a way that we've never seen before in human history. Perhaps the most exciting of all of these is gene therapy, which is to say directly editing our genes, our DNA. Uh, this has the potential to cure all sorts of different diseases and really revolutionize human health. So to learn more about it this week, I spoke to Anthony from the Gene Investing X page. Uh, Anthony is a mathematician, but he's also a very interested investor in many different businesses um, in this space. So he's got a particular few companies that he's very interested in, but he's got a pretty broad range of knowledge about the space in general and about the science involved. Now, it's important to say that he is not a doctor or a researcher. Um, he doesn't do these techniques himself. He assesses these companies as businesses, but in that regard, he's got a whole wealth of knowledge and is a pretty interesting guy to talk to about the science behind it as well. So I found this conversation super interesting. Um, Anthony's a lovely guy and, of course, incredibly knowledgeable about his passion, which is, of course, gene therapy and investing in those companies. So I hope you enjoy it. Without further delay, here is Anthony from Gene Investing with Anthony. If you are interested in extending your own healthy lifespan, then I can't recommend this week's partners enough. DoNotAge.org is a company dedicated to helping people like you and me extend their health span through supplementation. On the website, you can check out all of the different supplements that they sell, accompanied by a whole section on the science behind them. You can read the links on where they've got their research from, check out the team that's working on it, and of course, pick up those all-important supplements for yourself. So go to the site and use the code CTH for a 10% discount. You can also find the link in the description for this show. Complete check. Heads. Hello, friends. I am here with Anthony from At Gene Investing, uh, the X account that talks about investing in a very exciting space in the technological revolution and i'm super excited to hear more so anthony thanks so much for joining me how are you doing great thanks for having me i'm excited awesome um so look let's get straight into it um i'd love to get a bit of an intro to you how you got into this field um and yeah like what's what's kind of drawn you to the to the field of investing in in gene therapy technology yeah, so I'm pretty much a mathematician by trade. Uh, so I've always been good at math and things like that. Um, but in saving, I've always been a saver. But I didn't really get in, involved with the stock market until I think it was about 2016. Um, and I had a lot of tech stocks at that time, like Apple and Facebook and you know, but I had Nike, I had a lot of different stuff. I was pretty diversified. And uh, then, you know, Tesla came along and I kind of, you know, traded that a few times, but I was like, I'm really waiting for it to get a little cheaper. 
back then and mm-hmm. it hit it hit 30 billion market cap um when it was this is before any stock splits or anything mm. you know many years ago yeah yeah well, not, I was, not that obviously obviously on yeah. tesla back in the day as well yeah yeah and it it hit uh like 178 which is it was a 30 billion market cap and now it's like 20x that mm. it's a lot bigger um and i sent for some money from robin hood to uh, buy it um because it hit exactly kind of where i wanted but back then if you didn't like have the robin hood gold and stuff like that i was always too cheap to to pay the five or ten bucks a month um it took like 48 hours to like get your money to settle and the very next day it went up 10 percent to like 195 which was you know 33 billion market cap um and I still would have had a twenty X, but I said, "Oh, screw it! I don't want to pay one ninety five. I wanted it at one seventy eight, you know." And so I, I, and I drive a Tesla, so I'm reminded of that every day. So you know, ever, <laughs> ever since then, I've been like, oh, "Okay, I got to find the next big thing," and I'm definitely not going to make the same mistake, you know, twice. And that kind of took me to CRISPR was my first uh, stock, the ticker CRSP. Uh, the one that just had its first first ever CRISPR um, approval for a medicine for sickle cell disease. It just happened uh, last week, last okay. Friday, and so that was a big deal. Um, the stock's been you know real volatile since then, but um, that was my first one. I'm not in that one anymore, just because I've really dove into all the companies and I found two that I that I like better. Okay, and so. Before we get into those, because um, I do want to talk about the companies that you are most excited about, but first of all, just the space generally, um, gene therapy, like what what is it that, that, that grabbed your attention? I mean, and how how huge of an opportunity are we kind of looking at as a, as a species right now? Yeah, I mean, I think what's crazy about biotech is you, you can – it's been a very tough space over the years, but especially now it's in like a really bad bear market because of interest rates and all of that. But you're starting to have things like artificial intelligence and, and things that your listeners are probably more, you know, in tune with um, really starting to make a difference, not just artificial intelligence, but um, like base editing, prime editing, these new tools like CRISPR that are really speeding up the ability to find targets, find drugs. Uh, you know, it might've took 10 years for something to come to market before now it could happen in five. Mm. And when you start speeding up it, you know, all the math changes, you, you can be m- much more valuable when you can bring drugs to mar- market quicker and be more successful. Like I expect these things to be a lot more, uh, much higher probability of success. Yeah. And so just to be clear, CRISPR is a is a company, but it's also the name of the technology, right? And yeah. so, just give us a brief. I, I know you're not a, a researcher or, or or a doctor, um, but like, just give us a brief kind of intro as to what what the technology actually is. What are we talking about here, as far as you understand it? Yeah, it was CRISPR has been discovered a long time ago, but when it first about 10 years ago, it was discovered as something that could edit human genes, which was a big deal. 
it got a few years back, it won a Nobel Prize for that ability. Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Charpentier, uh, they shared the Nobel Prize for that. And they've started companies. Um, CRISPR is tied to Emmanuel Charpentier. And then uh, Intellia, Caribou are the two main ones associated with Jennifer Doudna. Um, and basically, it's bacteria and viruses are where they found this. They never thought they were researching how um, bacteria defends itself against viruses. And they found out that bacteria like stores, it kind of makes a little cut and it stores a piece of, of the viral DNA when it attacks it so that the next time it comes and attacks it, it recognizes it and can defend itself better. Right. If that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they found, Oh, what if we somehow use that for humans and for plants and all these things? And sure enough, they can do it. And that's kind of called like CRISPR 1.0. Okay. And, and then you have people like uh, Dr. Uh, David Liu, his lab invented base editing and prime editing, which are like CRISPR 2.0, CRISPR 3.0. And so are, base editing, just to be clear, that's the uh, the ACT. Yeah, I kind of remember. So it's the base pairs in the in in the DNA strands, right? Yeah, like humans have three billion base pairs, mm. and the A's match with T's, and the G's match with C's. Adenine, cytosine, guanine, thiamine. Yeah, thiamine. thiamine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, and and so what we're talking about here is is editing those. Yeah, the base editing is really cool. And that's where I have, that's one of my two companies is really tied to the base editing. And they can okay. actually change bases without the as much cutting and things. You know, the, the CRISPR 1.0 cuts it. And because of that, it could lead to more, um, you know, it could be less safe in some instances. Um, but, you know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with progeria. Uh, I'm not, no. Okay, so it's like the Benjamin Button disease. Okay. It, it's, you know, if you've ever seen a, someone young with progeria, they look very old. Right. And they, they tend to live very short, like 10 year, you know, they could live only 10 years old sometimes, I think. Right. And uh, that's just, I forget if it's like one A that's supposed to be a T or it's just one out of the three billion base pairs that we have, just one mistake that causes that. Mm. And they've already shown that it can be corrected with base editing. The problem right now is delivery. We've been real successful with like liver diseases because there's things called uh, LMPs uh, that help deliver it. And those LMPs really want to go to the, to the liver. That's kind of okay. where they want to go. And then um, things like beta thalassemia and sickle cell disease or blood those are ex vivo where they take out the cells and kind of do it in a lab. That's a lot. Um, they've been good at that too. And for cancers like leukemia, you, you're in the UK. I am. So are you familiar with gosh? Yes. Uh, great Ormond street. Yes. Very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a really exciting, uh, base editing trial that's going on. If okay. anyone, uh, on my highlights on my, uh, at gene investing page on X. One of the stories under my highlights is about Alyssa, 
who's a girl that had this really bad form of leukemia. Right. And she had three or four different types of treatments that just didn't work. Um, and they tried this base editing and she's been in remission for over a year. Wow. Yeah. And she was on like talk shows and Amazing. I think, yeah, the video is pretty cool. It's with her and her mom and they're being interviewed. And so, and that, that's a, a great Ormond street. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So for listeners, great Ormond street for listeners in the U S I'm sure most UK listeners will, will, will know it, but for listeners in the U S great Ormond street hospital, uh, is, probably the most famous children's hospital in the UK and also the most um, advanced as far as I know in terms of um, in terms of uh, adoption of technology and and you know advanced treatments it's 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 in central London it's you know um, yeah a very kind of uh, yeah. famous famous children's hospital basically yeah they're doing a lot of cool stuff yeah um, Awesome. And so, so you mentioned, so we've, we've discussed uh, base editing. You mentioned, was it Prime as well? Yeah, that one, uh, there's a company that came out, uh, Prime, Ed, uh, Prime Medicine. Okay. And they, they had also came out of Dr. Lou's lab. Okay. And, and that's so like, what, it's what, like CRISPR 3.0. Okay. Okay. Um, Prime editing is cool because for base editing, there there's transversion uh edits that you can make and uh i'm slipping slipping my mind right now transversion and translation no i don't know but i forget the name of it but basically prime editing can do a lot more of the types of edits like base editing can take care of 30 percent of all the mutations like point mutations and prime editing can do I think it's like 90%. Okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm just Googling prime editing as, as we talk. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, okay. Awesome. So, so essentially it's just an, an advancement on the technology. Um, so it, uh, us here, so it use, utilizes, um, an RNA template. So it's, it's, it's building in, uh, peg RNA. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, you know, as I say, I'm aware you're not a uh, not, not a scientist, so we don't need to go too deeply into the technology. But, um, but yeah, so suffice it to say, it seems like there's lots of advancements in this technology at the moment, and lots of companies that are springing up, taking advantage of the cutting edge of of this field. Yeah, for people interested, I on my highlights, I have another video of. Uh the CEO of beam therapeutics, which is one of my two companies um, who he's describing with a nice visual aid uh, base editing. And it shows the three parts that, that make up base editing. Okay. Okay. Um, awesome. Um, and so why is this the area of technology that was most compelling to you? Well, I think, you know, people are real excited about things like chat GPT right now, but things like AlphaFold are like a hundred times more impressive when you, when you think about what it's doing. I mean, any, anyone can put in a bunch of words into a, into a, you know, what do they call it? Large language model or, mm. you know, those things. And it could, it, to me, that's, 
yeah, some of the stuff's kind of cool. I, I like some of the image. Uh, what do they call it? Da- Dally. Dally. Yeah, it's Dally yeah. and it's Mid Journey as well. Yeah, the, those are pretty cool things, but nothing's even close to what it can do in terms of like predicting the structure of proteins. And um, I mean, that's just amazing, right? But the mm. I, I love the fact that base editing in the past, once you had phase one data, you still had a very low percentage of getting that drug all the way to approval. Mm. It's just, you're guessing you're like putting band-aids on medicine. Basically you're not actually curing anything. You're just finding something that kind of masks the, the problem. And this, we're going like straight to the root of the problem and fixing it. Mm. And when they, and typically when you show it in phase one now, you're not going to be 20% confident that it's going to make it all the way to approval. You're going to be 70% confident. Right. So it changes, like I said before, it changes the complete math. Everyone's used to giving 8X multiples on revenue for biotech companies. Uh, All those kind of numbers should change once they see, oh, this company is continues to succeed on half the drugs and not 10% of the drugs like people are used to. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you mentioned, you mentioned a few things there, but the, you mentioned um, AlphaFold, which is of course um, uh, a project that came out of DeepMind um, company was acquired by Google run by Demis Asabis, um, where they essentially solved this historic problem of protein folding, understanding the architecture, the structure of proteins and how they fold and the, the reason that was difficult is because each molecule has a different kind of um, shape and the way that those different molecular shapes interact gives you a very particular shape of protein. And that's crucially important because of because of the fact that proteins are the building blocks of all life and the ways they interact are the way that the body works and also crucial to understanding pathogens and diseases. So I wanted to ask you about AI and particularly AlphaFold, how much of an impact that's likely to have on this space going forward? Like is AlphaFold as revolutionary as like, like instinctively, I feel like it should be. Is that your impression from what you're reading about the space? Like is AI really as transformative as, as, as we all kind of hope? So yeah, AlphaFold is by far the the most impressive uh, achievement of AI that's come. Like, and it's not even close really, you know, people are like, Oh, they can beat someone in, in chess or they can beat someone in the alpha go, you know, and those are nothing compared to, like you mentioned, the building blocks of life, the structures, if anyone's seen a protein structure, it's, it's not like Legos. It's not, <laughs> it's a lot more complicated than calculus. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. And like you said, it's not just the structure oftentimes determines what it's going to do in the body. You know, like I think you briefly mentioned, it's a it's a big deal. I I personally need to study the that more cuz I've spent a lot of my time studying the the gene editing side of it. Mm. But um recently I've been really looking into recursion uh ticker RXRX because okay. I have I have their CEO on uh tomorrow um 
I, I know this video is going to go live in about a week, so but people can listen to the replay. It'll be recorded on my page. But their, their company is really exciting because it's it's like the number one company when it comes to tech bio. Uh, they just did a huge deal with NVIDIA. Um, they're going to be a top 50, I forget what you call it, but um, like computer power. Okay. All, all their, uh, you know, like Facebook, um, well, Meta now, Meta, Tesla, Google, those ones are obviously in the top like five or 10. But in terms of biology, I think recursion is going to be possibly number one in the world. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So, so on the business side then, so you've mentioned recursion. We're going to talk about a couple of other companies that you're interested in. But like, what is it that you're looking at when you're trying to understand what technologies are going to break through here? Yeah, I mean, currently, I have all my money into gene editing stocks. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm very... Honestly, it's partly because I had a little FOMO. I got in a little bit. My averages aren't terrible, but I didn't expect the worst biotech bear market in, in history ever. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just quickly, your your finger is over the um, oh, side sorry. of the camera. Perfect, thank you. Um, podcast listeners won't care, but uh, viewers viewers <laughs> might. Um, but anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So, you know. Once once these stocks kind of recover, I could see myself possibly um, diversifying a little bit because there's some like recur. There's some companies that I'm really excited about what they're doing uh, right now. All my money's in Intelia, ticker NTLA and Beam. Yeah, and so when so I guess the question is more like when you're assessing the marketplace, like you're, yeah. you're you know you're you're interested in gene editing or biotech more broadly are you just looking at the numbers like any other business or are you investigating the technology making an assessment on what kind of paths these different companies are taking what approaches they're taking to solving the problems that they're going after or is it just you're looking at the numbers like any other business investment yeah it's it's definitely a little bit of both i think that's partly why i have half my money in Intelia, half my money in Beam, roughly, because Beam's a little bit younger. So that's more of a potential, yeah. you know, of the science. And then the Intelia is, I mean, they have the cure for HAE, which is hereditary, hereditary angioedema. Okay. Uh, if anyone's familiar with that, that's if you've seen pictures with someone that has that, they have these attacks where their face or body just blows up uh, huge. Right. Um, swelling attacks is what okay. they call them. And uh, it, they have a cure for that. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's And it's, the cure's out on the market now? No, it's uh, that one they've been dosing for two years now. Um, everyone's been safe. Everyone's completely attack free that's wow. why that's why i call it a cure um they're going to go to pivotal trials uh in q3 of next year and it's supposed to be a very quick pivotal trial which is good because that's What's one of the things but just to explain oh, yeah. pivotal trial yeah so in biotech you have usually phase one phase two and then like a phase three is 
often called a pivotal trial because that is the one that determines if you get FDA approval. Right. Okay. With for you. your for your drug, uh, it depends. You know, it's very tricky. Sometimes they do phase one, phase two together. A lot of it depends on what other people have done, like competitors in the past. Um, they try to kind of mimic each other uh, in some ways. Uh, but I, I've learned it, the toughest thing about this. Intelia also has uh, it. A lot of people call it a cure, but it's not really. It's yet to be determined. It's it's a very good treatment that appears to be best in class. Uh, ATTR amyloidosis. It has this protein that kind of accumulates. Uh, there's a cardiomyopathy version and a polyneuropathy version. There's two different versions. Card so so cardiomyopathy and and polyneuropathy. Polyneuropathy. Okay. Yeah. So they sound like quite different things. Cardio. Yeah. Cardio is more would be would be more the, the heart, heart presumably, and neuropathy I guess is is uh, polyneuropathy neuropathy multiple nerve issues. Yeah, it's it's pretty much where this protein that's not supposed to be there accumulates. Right. Okay. So they're two different diseases, but they're both related to the same protein, which this treatment is addressing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And, and so they're doing those separately. The, the sad part for investors is cardiomyopathy is the big money one. Um, right. And that one, we just kind of found out it's going to be a very long pivotal trial. Right. Like uh, a 30 month uh, pivotal trial. And, you know, 30 months might not sound like a long time, two and a half years, but then you have to tack on like another year, year and a half for, uh, putting your package together, then the FDA takes a half a year to decide. So, you know, you're looking four years down the line before it could possibly be approved. Mm. Um, and in this market, that's that's why you see Intelia, it went, it went to 200 back in the, when everything was a bubble a couple of years ago. Yeah. And now, now, now it's having trouble staying above 30. It's under 30 today. Right. Wow. Well, buying buying opportunity right uh, not yeah, financial and, advice <laughs> yeah and and 200 was way too high back then mm. but under 30 is way too low right now what's what's their are they what's the um pe ratio are they uh are well they, you can't really look at pe ratios for these young young biotechs because they don't have any earnings don't have any earnings right yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but okay. uh but I, so yeah i was um they have. I they, didn't realize it was it was so early for these that that it's kind of that's yeah. Not really even all the CRISPR companies, you know, the the first ever approval was just on Friday, right? On December right, okay. on December eighth. So they don't even have earnings yet. I mean, they they show some earnings because they do partnerships with big pharma and they'll get hundreds of millions of dollars. Like Beam got three hundred million up front from Pfizer. Wow. You know, and that was amazing because at the time, base editing had zero human data. Um, and it was for three targets that weren't even uh, worked up at all. Like, you know, it's one thing right. to get a bunch of money for something that's kind of already been worked on and maybe is in phase one or, you know, already in the clinic. But these are just from scratch. So it really right. shows you the value that Pfizer put on base editing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like the, 
it feels like the potential here is is insane, right? Like you can imagine a future where, you know, if you've got really advanced AI that can take in huge amounts of data and come to intelligent conclusions about it, and then you've literally got a method through which you can edit the source code of humans, like, you know, it's not we're not just talking about curing disease here, right? We're talking about superhumans. Yeah, there's, I mean, the limits, you know, right now, a lot of people like to talk about curing baldness. <laughs> like, 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 imagine how much money that's worth. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I mean, I, that was me thinking that we're all going to be like the Incredible Hulk. And it's like, no, 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 we'll just have hair. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny about when I first started getting into this, I was like, imagine if we cure baldness. Imagine if we um, kind of like cure obesity. And then now obesity drugs are the number one like that's all anyone in biotech can talk about all these yeah. um, all these big companies like Eli Lilly look to make a trillion dollars on obesity drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Inter that's interesting, isn't it? I suppose you kind of, as you know, as someone, you know, whilst keen to talk to you about this is because I don't know much about it, but um, you sort of imagine that it would be uh, about, about helping people, I guess, but actually, the way the the, the direction it's is more likely to go in is is where the money is, right? Like it's like any other market mechanics. Yeah, that's why you have things like the FDA and stuff, um, yeah. because they're not going to approve of those kind of tests on humans for those, you know, those kind of things like curing baldness yet. They, yeah. they, they need, you know, decades of, of data for these tough diseases, these really bad diseases. That's why it's very important to go after these um, debilitating diseases first yeah. to kind of prove that it works. Then when you have 20 years of data, people are like, Oh, okay. I'll, I might take something like that to have some hair again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I guess, you know, people kind of poo poo the, you know the idea of trickle down economics but i guess you 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 you'll probably get to a stage where a lot of the technology technological um uh resource and time will be focused on curing these serious diseases which you know would be, we would universally agree that that's a good thing and then almost as a side effect of that oh hey by the way now that we've done this we know how to edit all of these other types of genes and guess what you don't have to be bald anymore right yeah it's amazing you know there's so many technologies that are coming together right now like uh, pacific bio pack b is the ticker they have this um form of sequencing you can see long stretches of dna sequencing um which has huge implications to be able to like read someone's entire G uh, dna you you can tell if oh you're prone to have this kind of uh, disease or mm. cancer you know and we're learning every day i swear i come on x and they find out what another gene is uh representative of it you know it's what we know right now is probably two or three percent of what we'll know in 50 years yeah about yeah. about the d and we already can do so much which is that's the cool thing about it yeah, 
Yeah. So what does, like, what's the vision of what the world looks like in, like, five years, 10 years, 20 years, if this technology continues progressing in the way that I guess you hope it will? Yeah, I think sometimes I get tired of some of the people complaining about the cost of some of these things. Uh, like the CRISPR drug was 2.2 million was the price, but it their competitor priced it at 3.1 million and, and their, their stock went down 40% because everyone's questioning, like, are they sane? Like, why? So, sorry, when you say the price for the drug, you mean per dose? The, you know, it's just one dose. That's the well, beauty of it. Yeah, there's right, only okay, one treatment. Yeah. You got right. one treatment for life and you should be cured for life. Right. Uh, wow. For some of these things. Like I said, not every disease is a 100% cure. HAE is a cure. Um, the sickle cell is kind of a tricky one because it. I think there was one or two patients that might have still had some attacks or something, but... For a lot of them, this, it, is, this is sickle cell anemia, right? Which affects the, the structure of red blood cells. Yeah. And that's a crazy story in itself, like how sickle cell anemia even came to be. I mean, most people know it's kind of associated with Africa. Um, and the reason that is, is because the human body adapted to try to fight off malaria. Mm, yeah. I remember and that's, this. and that it's kind of, people don't even, think of the human body adapting and you would think, well, wouldn't the human body adapt in a positive way, but the human body just does, you know, it just does things. It not, it's not always going to work out for the best. Well, I guess you can imagine, you know, in the evolutionary pathway, some people will have evolved this mutation for sickle cell anemia and not died and lived, but been unhealthy. And then, everybody else got malaria and died. So what's the, what's the gene what's, that continues yeah. on into the next generation? It's the one that survived, even if they're not particularly healthy, you know, so long as they can survive to the age that they need to reproduce, then the genes get passed on. Right. Yeah. And I, I just did a post, I think it was yesterday on some stats for sickle cell disease and it's, okay. it's pretty crazy. Uh, what was weird was ARK invested a, stat and they only said 20 million people in the world have it but when i when i looked up i found 80 million in africa alone wow uh that's by far the number one india has 20 million by itself wow uh the u.s has a hundred thousand uh europe i think was sixty-eight thousand. okay so but people that are real bullish on crsp the the crispr company that just got approval they throw out all oh, these huge tams like uh total addressable markets um, addressable market, yeah. but they don't realize this this drug is going to be a really hard sell it's it's really expensive so it's it's not going to be for you know definitely not for people in africa and india and, and stuff like that the the company said about thirty two thousand people are potentially you know, their total addressable market for this drug, which is a lot different than 120 million people worldwide, mm. which is what I, 
uh, found was the total for everyone in the world that has sickle cell disease. Right. And so the, the, and so this is, this is CRISPR, the, the company, is it, are they just called CRISPR or is it CRISPR something? CRISPR therapeutics. CRISPR therapeutics. And so this, this is a, this treatment edits the DNA of what exactly? Not, not every cell, presumably it targets the cells that produce red blood yeah. Hemoglobin. Okay. Right. There's, there's some, they take out stem cells and right. it's okay. a, this process is a really extensive process. It takes like five to six months um, right. because what they do is they, they take out some of those stem cells, they take them to a lab and do what they got to do with the CRISPR to, to fix those uh, cells. And in the meantime, you have to take this harsh chemotherapy to get your body prepared for the infusion of the correct cells to come back in. So your body doesn't reject them. Right. Okay. And so that's why this and the chemotherapy um, can cause infertility. Right. Um, there's, and it's very, very harsh. Um, I think bluebird had maybe two people die uh, in their trial. That's why they, they got a black box. A black box is when, there's like an extra warning label for a medicine. CRISPR okay. didn't have that, which is a little interesting just because they, as far as I know, they both use chemotherapy for this. Right. I assume it's the exact same. It's called like bosulfan. Okay. And so that's to suppress the immune system to allow the new stem cells to be reintegrated. And yeah. the reason that you need to do that is because the DNA has been changed. So there's a chance your body would not recognize it as it's. It would fight them off. Cells. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it would recognize them as having different DNA and therefore being a foreign body. And therefore they need to be attacked by the immune system. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I like about beam with the base editing. It's why I'm invested in beam is they, they also have a, they, they call it wave one, wave two, wave three for sickle cell disease. Wave one, there's a lot of companies, including CRISPR and Bluebird that just got approved on Friday. Right. And that's the tough five to six month process that we just talked about. Editas yeah. uh, is another CRISPR company that just showed some really good data at ASH. It's a conference. Um, and Beam is supposed to dose the first patient for that same wave one type of thing this month. Uh, that's why a lot of people are, you know, Beam's really late to the party on that wave one stuff, um, which is true. I don't really expect tons of money from that, even though their preclinical was the best of everybody. The All their data points look better than these things that have already been approved. Uh, but what I like Beam so much is they have, they're like, they appear to be number one on the wave two and wave three for sickle cell disease. And that's where you really start to expand that total addressable market. Because wave two it still has the transplant process, which is not best, but yeah. it does not have, it does not have the harsh chemo. Okay. And why is that? Cause they use base editing in like a really cool way. Okay. To, um, I think it's called an epitope. Okay. I, this is, you know, way high level. Deep stuff. into the, into the science. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's just think of it as a really cool way to tell your body, oh, 
th this stuff I'm putting back into is okay. Don't, don't go attack it. Right. Okay. And they, it, it's really uh, like a novel way of that. They're using this space editing tech. Um, and it appears really cool for investors. It's not quite an IND enabling before you submit an IND, which is so you can go into the clinic, you have to get to IND enabling and they're very close, but um, investors in beam are really hoping that it, it comes here pretty soon. That's one of the reasons I'm out of CRISPR is because once you get a wave two drug or a wave three drug, all these wave one drugs are going to go to zero. Cause who's right. going to say, who's going to say, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take chemo over no chemo. Yeah. No, and so, no one's going to do that. And so, but the, so the chemo version is clearly further ahead and closer to being rolled out more broadly. Oh, yeah. But the potential of wave two and wave three means that that could be made obsolete before it becomes fully profitable. Yeah. And Beam owns like 100% of all their drugs currently. And, you know, a company like CRISPR only owns 40% right. of, okay. of that one. So Beam... And that's because they've been taking investment from uh, Big Pharma. And from me. <laughs> <laughs> and from me a little bit. Right, yeah. Um, but presumably you don't own any of the um, treatments. No, but, uh, but I own a lot of the stock. Right. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, the CEO actually follows me and, 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 uh, I'm oh, sorry. And he, so this isn't CRISPR we're talking about now, but this is, this is beam we're talking about. This is beam. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I was just, the, when you said that CRISPR only owns 40% of their. That's CRISPR therapeutics. Yeah. CRISPR therapeutics. And the reason for that is that the rest is owned by big pharma. Ver yeah. Vertex. 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 Okay. All right. But, uh, um, yeah, it was 50, 50, and I think it was about two years ago, Vertex paid 900 million up front, big, big number, plus 200 million upon approval, which just, ha just happened last week. So a total of 1.1 billion for an additional 10%, okay. which is good. It's a good number. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's big money, isn't it? In this space, I guess, because it's such an expensive process to develop these technologies and bring them to market. Yeah, the, the number one question I get is like, why am I out of CRISPR therapeutics? Because mm. that, that was my first one that I was in. That's the one that everyone, when they hear me talking about CRISPR, 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 they just naturally assume I own CRISPR. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I, I don't blame them. It, it makes sense. Uh, but that one I got out of because uh, for a long time, they weren't showing any in vivo. In vivo is when you directly put the CRISPR into the body yeah and a lot of these early treatments are are ex vivo um like the process uh, sickle cell. We just discussed yeah yeah, yeah 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 and the amazing thing about in vivo are the margins are amazing right the right and it's, okay because there's less lab work oh yeah like you're talking I'm just going to throw out numbers, but it, it could easily be over 20% COGS. COGS are cost of goods sold, mm. which is pretty much affects your margins, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those are going to be like over 20% probably for the sickle cell disease wave one uh, that CRISPR Therapeutics has. And a company like Intelia, which is my other company, both of their 
programs for the HAE, the Her- hereditary angioedema and the ATTR uh, cardiomyopathy, polyneuropathy that I mentioned earlier, both of those are in vivo. Right. And so they're super quick. You get the drug in a day, like probably in minutes, you know, maybe you have to stay. How is it administered? I, I believe it's just, uh, like an IV or do they, do they have to, so do they have to remove stem cells and then they give you the stem cells back, but there's no chemo or it's just none of that. It's just straight. It goes right into your body. Wow. And that's like the future of medicine, like being able to get a one-time treatment that doesn't put a bandaid on your ailment, but actually fixes it. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your, um, thing. Oh. Finger over <laughs> Sorry. Just <laughs> no tell <problem>. me. <laughs> all good. All good. Um, yeah. Podcast listeners are going to wonder what we're, what we're talking about. Um, cool. I mean, so we've, we've discussed CRISPR a lot. We've discussed, um, Intellia a lot. Uh, we've discussed beam, um, any other, companies out there that are potentially more early stage or that you're looking into that you haven't taken the plunge on yet that that people might want to be looking looking out for i think uh prime is is a big one the prime editing that's the crispr 3.0 the reason i'm not in that yet is they have like 175 million in cash very little cash yeah yeah okay and they're the farthest i they don't have anything in clinical trials yet uh, next year, they're going to do their very first one. Um, so in this time, in this kind of, uh, everyone expects them to get a really big payment up front because they have 18 programs in their pipeline, which is unheard of. I mean, it's, it's just not even possible that they're actually working on 18 things with the amount of money that they have. Yeah, But they have them and that'll help them do a big deal with, they'll probably get 200 to 300 million up front um, pretty soon here which will help a lot, but that's, that's one that I have my eye on. Um, there's not much to say about that one. So I'll probably talk a little bit more about, um, Intelli and beam, maybe, uh, the two that I am yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, what else, what else do we need to know about them then? I mean, what's, what's exciting that's coming up that, that you're excited about? Yeah. Um, I would say Intellia to me is the most undervalued of all of them. Okay. And it's, you know, the analyst, I've had a tough week with the analyst this week because <laughs> I, it really, it really annoys me when an analyst has a $75 target on something. And then the day of the first ever CRISPR approval, they drop something to $30 overnight, wow. like for no reason, no, no news came out, nothing changed. They just you is know. it is it that they expect CRISPR therapeutics to take more market share? It, I don't know because that was a blocked. Uh, I don't have access to it, what he said. I right. I listened to I listened to all the fireside chats and they they did have one in London the Jeffries conference. Okay. Um, recently, and I listened to it, but um, but for Beam, the exciting thing coming up. And recently we, we had the, the gosh, great Ormond street mm-hmm. data, which it's not directly beam, but it was the first ever base editing in humans. And they're using that base editing, um, kind of at the Liberty of, of beam and, and the people, uh, 
that own base editing, you know? So it was cool to see it in humans for the first time work out yeah. and cure. And then Verve, Verve Therapeutics uh, recently showed base editing in vivo for the very first time and cardiovascular disease. Okay. And, and that, you know, looked pretty good. Um, so it feels so, like we're, we're really on the, on the cusp here, right? Like there are lots of companies that are just starting to yeah. actually show results. There's investment that's ramping up and like, are we going to get to an inflection point where the exponential really shoots up? Yeah, I think happening. We, we had the bubble that occurred because everyone noticed like all these amazing things. Yeah. And the interest rates were like near zero. Yeah. So long duration assets like these that don't have the approvals and revenue coming in consistently uh, are going to do well, you know, and they got way ahead of themselves, but now these companies are all, I mean, pretty much everything's been positive. So a lot of investors don't understand. They're like, how can Intellia be 200, two and a half years ago? And now it's under 30 and mm. all they've done is show more durability, dose more patients. You know, it's been very positive. Um, so yeah. it's a hard thing for investors to understand. I think the, to answer your question, uh, it's, it's going to take, well, interest rates dropping next year are going to help. Mm. They're going to yeah. start, they're going to start, um, making interest rate cuts probably. Uh, also the, the thing I worry about a little bit is CRISPR. Like we talked about is a really hard harsh process with the chemo and all that CRISPR therapeutics, mm. um, that sickle cell program specifically CRISPR yeah. in general is not, you know, I don't, I don't want to have people misunderstand what I'm saying. Just that one drug in particular. Um, so I'm worried that's going to be a very slow ramp. So some, some investors might say, Oh, you see, no one's taking this CRISPR stuff, you know? Um, so they might kind of poo poo on, the sector as a whole because of that. But I, I want people to realize you got to look at it drug by drug basis. You know, HAE uh, cure in vivo cure from Intellia is way different than this harsh chemo five to six month process for sickle cell disease. That mm. It's night and day different. And that's why the analyst, if you look at average analyst targets for Intellia, they're very high. I, I, the average might be like 70 something. Right. And, and so is that 70 per share? Uh, how, how does that relate to like market cap? Because it obviously it's, you know, share price. Yeah. Is, uh, is, I think, you know, it, 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 as a number on its own, doesn't, doesn't mean much unless you know how many. Right. Shares there right. Are. I think it's around 2.5 billion right now. Wow. Uh, okay. I mean, that's pretty significant for a company that really doesn't have any earnings. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's because, the way you value and that's the that's the problem is um people don't understand that you can value companies by um discounting future cash flows and giving a probability of success also because obviously there's no guarantees that drugs even if they look good are gonna get approved mm. the better they look the better the probability of success 
the farther out they are, the more you have to discount them, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But they're, you, you know, they're, it's valuable. They have 1 billion in cash. So it's, it's not like, that's why I like having my money in Intellia and Beam because uh, Intellia has 1 billion in cash roughly and Beam has like 1.25 billion. Right. Yeah. And, so they're not going to, they're not going to go uh, kaput anytime soon. Yeah. They're very, you know, they're in a good spot. CRISPR has yeah. like 1.7, 1.8 billion. CRISPR right. has a lot. So yeah. that's why and, I've held off. It's, it's most of this just investment from big pharmaceutical companies. That's why they've got so much cash on the books. Yeah. Um, some of it, it's some of it's coming from like offerings that they've done. That That's a really strong part of some of these companies. Like Intellia did a really big offering when the stock was when it made that push to 200, they did an offering around 135 or 145. Right. So they got huge, uh, you know, great valuation for that, for that money. And, and I said earlier, Beam got 300 million up front from Pfizer. Beam also just got 200 million up front from, no, yeah, 250 million up front from Eli Lilly. Okay. So, Eli Lilly and Pfizer are two of the biggest big pharmas in the world. And, and they just got over half a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, from these companies. So, yeah. Yeah. So they must believe in it. I mean, it's clear, it's clear that the, sorry, I'm talking to the mic. It's clear that the, the scope of the opportunity is, is obvious. I think, right. Like being able to edit the source code of humans. It's obvious how many insanely useful and pre pre presumably profitable applications that would have i guess the decision making process at this stage is just who's got the best approach and how to mitigate those side effects you know and the and the, the contingent treatments like chemotherapy how to mm -hmm. mitigate those um best but i i think clearly you know the the scale of the opportunity is being recognized by the biggest players in the in the world right yeah, I think the next thing that we see is th there hasn't been a buyout yet for from Big Pharma. They've, mm -hmm. they've given a lot of money and they've partnered aggressively. Uh, Vertex, like I said, you know, huge money to, to CRISPR for just 10% yeah. of that one drug. Um, Regeneron has a huge partnership with Intellia and, and Beam has some big partnerships with uh Pfizer and Eli Lilly. So the, the next big thing is someone, once someone gets bought out, I think that'll really kind of start the, I won't say bubble again, but the positive stock performance. Um, it hasn't happened because for one, these companies don't want to get bought out, not at these kind of levels. Mm. And they, you yeah. know, they have to, that's a lot of investors don't realize just because you get an offer doesn't mean that the company has to tell you about it. Right. Yeah. I, I used to think that it was kind of like lawyers and stuff where they have to tell you about an offer, but it's not true. I, I know someone that had, uh, I think it was Marathi or something. It was, it was some company that just got bought out and he, he was very unhappy with the price that they got and they, and they found out, that they were offered like double or triple that in the previous years 
but never told anybody. Right. <laughs> so I, I think uh, big farmers like to partner right now because no one's wanting to sell. But I think as these companies kind of get closer to approvals, get a little closer to money, we'll, we're definitely going to see a buyout at some point. Mm. Yeah, I guess they probably want to realize some of their potential before they look to buyouts because they see what kind of growth in their valuation they could potentially realize over the next few years, right? As they as they bring more of these treatments closer to actually bringing them to market, there's going to be like an exponential curve on the on the potential value of the of the company as it becomes yeah. more of a reality. What what I like about some of these drugs, like a company like Intelia, they you only need maybe three percent of the patient population to decide to go with the gene editing each year and you make billions wow. you make huge money yeah um so it's people act like oh are people gonna you know because most of these diseases have some some drugs already on the market but they're not as good yeah so it's a question and, of and like, they'll presumably address symptoms rather than rewriting the yeah the dna so that so that it's gone yeah i mean there there is things like rnai uh editing um that but those are not one and done they have to do it multiple times every year right okay and those are like some of them not it depends on the disease always but there's some of them that are 500 600,000 every year Right. You, you have to pay. So it's like, wow, gosh, yeah, it's a lot. Two million, you know, for one time uh, is actually cheap when, when you think about, you know, what it. So you, that's one of the biggest things that the bears talk about is, oh, it's too expensive. How is anyone going to pay for it? Well, there are, insurance is already paying for things that are technically more expensive. Mm. You know, not, not at a one time kind of that's going to be the problem to see how insurance deals with a large upfront expense they they might end up doing a kind of payment plan or something where they pay over a couple of years instead of all up front but it's yet to be determined on that yeah cool okay well look i mean the last thing i just want to want to ask you about outside of the business of this is is the is the ethics of it so the it seems to me I, I mean i can't really conceive of anything that would be a, a a huge ethical concern if it all goes right you know i mean we're just talking about treatments for very serious diseases that 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 work and are comprehensive are there any ethical concerns that people raise in this space is there anything that that maybe i haven't considered that that we should be thinking about as a as a species? Well, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are familiar with the Chinese doctor scientist that he did some germline editing on two, I believe they were embryos uh, to help them not have like HIV. 
right. to be resistant I, to that. I was not aware of that. Yeah, and he he ended up going to jail, right, for that. But now he's back in the lab, and and uh, everyone, every scientist in the United States hates him, right, uh, because they're all. Not only do they have a lot of investments and in companies in this space, but they they realize how one drawback could really have a lot of scrutiny. So what you mean is is a, a rogue scientist yeah. deploying some of this technology without approval could have knock on effects on the on the whole industry in terms of pushing back the deployment of the technology by many years. That's the problem. Is this stuff is so easy? I mean, there's. A lot of it's very complicated, right? Mm-hmm. But there was a Netflix documentary, uh, Unnatural Selection, okay. that really that really talks about the ethics uh, in a because you have these biohackers that yeah. are are literally like in their garages testing on themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's and they don't have PhDs or anything. <laughs> But it it's funny, but it's like um, it shows you how hard it is, but also how easy it is. Like in the future, it's going to be very hard to um, keep this stuff in check. Mm. I think a lot of the ethical stuff is definitely going to be an issue down the line because it's it's like how do you stop someone? Um, uh, people talk about babies, designer babies all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. If the United States bans that someone will just fly to a different country. Mm. You can't yeah. stop it. There's not every country in the world is going to, to probably ban it. Yeah. And, and I it, suppose with designer babies, it's like, well, th- there's, there's a line somewhere because if you said to somebody, okay, well you can either have a baby that we know is not susceptible to any of the major disease that, you know, in the future, you can either have a baby that we can, we're, we're 99% confident is going to be very unlikely to get any of the major diseases that we know about, or you can take your chances, uh, you know, for, for any parent or any prospective parent, there'd be no contest, right? Like this, the, the demand, mm. if, if that technology really becomes, effective affordable and and reliable it's going to be there's going to be no contest so like yeah good luck trying to regulate it if another country doesn't like you say yeah you know you would just be mad not to for the for the price of a plane ticket and then you know whatever the treatment costs as i say if it if it becomes affordable Mm. then you know everyone would do it so i guess that's the 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 consideration is well yes you, you're presumably going to have to say that that's okay but then you get to the you know well can we can we edit for traits is there going to be a kind of wealth inequality translating into a genetic inequality where rich people have super healthy strapping you know super intelligent children and poor people right. you know are still susceptible to disease and, and all the rest of it um but i guess I guess that's that's a particular case, right? With with pregnancy and babies, like in the adult world, like is it just really about? Is it just is the ethical consideration really just about how do we set up a regulatory framework around this? 
yeah and, and like i said you can't anyone that's really determined is just going to go to a different country mm-hmm. yeah because it's tough because you have people getting their hands on kind of making labs in their own you know garage and and testing on themselves like the unnatural selection documentary talks about that a, a lot mm-hmm. uh i think right now that stuff is hard uh it's not a huge issue at this point but it's gonna grow the the bigger ethical things right now are companies going after diseases that some people are saying aren't shouldn't be going after right now like you shouldn't be like uh verve therapeutics is going after cardiovascular disease right and a lot of people say is there really a need for that because you have things like statins and, right. and things that as long as the people take the drug they do okay the and then verve argues well no one no one adheres to it everyone life gets in the way and they stop taking their drug and then they get a heart attack right and stuff there's things like that and um that's why i've always been kind of um not into investing in verve because even though i think the science will work and it'll kind of prove base editing which is great for beam i don't want to be invested in something that yeah it has a huge tam but it's going to take so long for people to get comfortable with the idea of okay i'll take gene gene editing for my high cholesterol Mm. yeah i'd much i'd much rather invest in something that like HAE hereditary angioedema. Can I see someone jumping on the opportunity for that? Yes. And I have a really cool story again on my highlights, not to brag, but my highlights are pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a woman, there's like some article on my highlights and there's some woman talking about like a miracle. She feels like a new person and she, that's all about hereditary angioedema. And she got that Intellia. Um, treatment which okay. is basically a basically a cure so anyone interested in that totally read that article it's super amazing uh, that's the kind of drugs that i want to you know invest in the ones that people are going to be jumping at mm. and the ones we aren't going to have to really work hard to convince people to take mm. yeah i think that sounds like a a wise strategy i suspect it'll be like anything you need the sort of like the thin end of the wedge you know you go specific before you go broad yeah. you know in any kind of any line of business you know you kind of prove the concept with something that is that is that is very specific and and provable and then you work outwards from there i guess i just one thing that got popped in my head real quick uh there's a company called loyal and it's for dog longevity. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and the C- I, I had followed the CEO for a while, and she followed me back recently. And um, it's really cool what they're doing. I've been trying to get. I've had a lot of cool um, CEOs and things on my spaces. I call it a podcast, but you know, my spaces. Uh, I do it almost every week. I'm gonna take a few weeks off for the holidays and stuff, mm-hmm. but. I've had the CEO of Ginkgo Bioworks, which is really popular. Uh, DNA is the ticker, very popular stock. Uh, I, I talked about wow, how they, they have... got a good they got a good ticker. 
Yeah, DNA. DNA is a good tick. Yeah. Yeah. I had the I had the CEO of Lineage Cell uh therapeutics a couple weeks ago, and then recursion is tomorrow. Uh okay. I even had Martin Shkreli, who Oh uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Pharma, yeah. pharma bro, he's notorious. Pharma bro. Yeah. Um yeah, went to jail, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah. Um uh, interesting yeah, he, guy. I love his ex account. He's he's really good. He's like yeah, he, he wasn't even scheduled to come on, but we had followed each other for a while and he just came on and all, you know, my other listeners kept talking about, it was the most boring episode we ever had about, they were starting to talk about bonds and stuff, right? Like investments. And then in my head, I'm like, okay, shut up, shut up. Like, uh, I want, I want to talk to Martin a little bit. Yeah. And I find, I finally get them to, to stop and, and, uh, end up talking to Martin for like an hour and they're D they're D my friends are DMing me and saying, is that really, is that actually him? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's what I was trying to get you to stop talking about bonds. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but the loyal, I kind of got on a sidetrack that loyal for dog longevity. It's, you know, big dogs live very short lives compared mm. to smaller dogs. And they, the reason I brought it up is, longevity fda is not gonna approve of any human trials on humans you know like you know for longevity drugs right yeah um so she is doing it with dogs dogs. yeah yeah and yeah and they they've already i guess sent it out to the the vet the hospitals the vets and they're like administering it and they seem really excited about that. So that talk about something that's going to make a lot of money. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you tell people spend a lot of money on their dogs, if you tell them, Oh, you can have an extra five years with your dog. Yeah. That's uh, a big don't, thing. Tell, don't tell my wife. <laughs> I hope she's, yeah. I hope she's, uh, she, she, she does, she does watch these, but she, she's not religious about it. I suspect we're, we're like a, we're over an hour in. <laughs> she's probably dropped oh. by now. If she is watching, but, uh, Perfect. Yeah. I love my dog. I love my dog, but um, I don't want to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds making him live for another couple it, of years. They, I forget the price though. They they made it sound actually very affordable. I think they're going for like a really mainstream. Okay. Kind of All right. Pricing okay, well, model. Maybe maybe I, maybe I might be uh, in the market then. I'll I'll check them out for sure. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, look. Um. It's been really really interesting. Um. I'm I've been. Uh, fascinated to learn about this space. So I was really keen to get you on because I've been following you on X and, um, and uh, it seems like an incredibly exciting area of technology. So thanks so much for joining me. Um, where can people find you? I, th- I think we've called out your, your X handle a couple of times, but feel free to go for it again. And if there's anything else that, that you're excited about coming up, then um, yeah. Call yeah. It just uh at gene investing that's that's the that's how and you what find days me. Are your what days are your spaces it's usually on on wednesdays um because okay. we've had the football american football um yeah. on the weekend yeah. we used to do weekends Not real but football <laughs> yeah you, you can't in america you cannot compete with american football on the weekends with a right. science okay. science podcast it just doesn't sure. yeah, yeah. doesn't work uh, but right now we're doing Wednesdays. Like I said, tomorrow's a really big one uh, with the recursion uh, CEO, which is super exciting. A lot of AI and biotech coming together. Um, awesome. Yeah. And uh, 
like I said, by the time this shows people, it'll already have happened, but you could listen to the recording. Yeah. I'll, um, once that, once the recording's up, if you ping me a, a link, I'll drop it in the show notes so that uh, people can check it out. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, look, Anthony, thanks so much for joining me. Um, it's been great. Yeah. Thanks for having me and let me know if you want me to come on again. And it was a pleasure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We'll definitely have you back. Um, take care. All right. You too.